pronam to you all. Let us begin with an ancient and sublime invocation, the Gayatri prayer. Let us meditate on the glory of that effulgent reality from whom the whole universe is projected. May that enlighten our mind. For a few moments, let us become calm and subjected, practicing meditation with devotion and determination. Yeah. 
if you have the prayer book, Prayers of Self-Realization by Swami Premananda, at home with you, please join me in offering prayer number 135, which may be found on page 174. Calmly and devotedly, together let us pray. We glorify thee, O Lord, for the manifestation of thy eternal love for all of us living and non-living, animate and inanimate, conscious and unconscious. Thou divinity of infinite beneficence and love, thou art life, thou art light. We are thy children, guide us to thy way. Lead us to thy kingdom of truth and wisdom, goodness and existence, beauty and bliss. Bless us that we may realize thy oneness with us and ours with thee. Bless us that we may realize thy unity in the entire manifested universe of seeming diversity. Kindle within the hearts of thy children the fire of thy love, which consumes everything save thee, thou great source and origin of all. Reveal unto us thy children, thy consciousness, existence, bliss absolute. Amen. I welcome you for this worshipful service of contemplation and reflection. Though we cannot be here together in this Golden Lotus Temple, in our spiritual home, we can still share this time together in a devotional way. As I walked over to the temple, I walked beneath the magnificent magnolia tree. Those of you who have visited the grounds of our beautiful self-revelation church have perhaps enjoyed its fragrance as the blossoms unfold. And what a beautiful expression of unfoldment, just as the lotus unfolds in the symbol of the divine qualities of the soul. The tree of life, the symbol spiritual symbol, a tree of knowledge. One perhaps thinks of the very idea that knowledge is that which liberates us. Knowledge is that which liberates us. If you've ever seen the emblem of the college established by Mahatma Gandhi. It has a banyan tree, the sun and moon and lamp. And it has the words written in Sanskrit and in Arabic. And in the Sanskrit, knowledge is that which liberates us. So it is not strange to think the tree of knowledge, the tree of self-knowledge, 
should be, in our minds, in our mind's eye, the place under which a guru would sit with the shishya, the guru and the shishya, the teacher and the student. Of course, the guru sits before the disciple. The idea of this cosmic tree of life branching above. But the guru does not impart information, not worldly knowledge, but helps to reveal within the shishya, the student, self-knowledge. In fact, in very beautiful way, you might think of the illustration from the Upanishads of the two birds in the self-same tree. Similarly, the guru and the shishya are a reflection of each other. Just as the bird above, serenely looking below at the other bird, busily moving from fruit to fruit. Perhaps the same idea is conveyed in the guru, looking after, looking out for, supporting, nourishing the life of the shishya the student, this disciple. But they are just like the two birds in the self-same tree, a reflection of each other. In essence, they are one and the same. Now today, you might look back in time and think of examples where you have seen a teacher with a student in this co-relationship, exemplified just in such a way under the tree. For example, at Sabarmati Ashram in Gujarat in India, Gandhiji would be seated often seated under the neem tree, a time and place for deep reflection, but also sharing of knowledge and experience, wisdom. Perhaps we might think of Rabindranath Tagore, the great poet composer, but also educator, seated with his students beneath the trees at Shanti Niketan. Going back even farther in time, we think of Gautama the Buddha, beneath the Bodhi tree, where he attained enlightenment. Bodhi, of course, means to realize the true nature of things. To realize, to awaken, to enlighten. And the Buddha, after attaining enlightenment under the Bodhi tree, it is said that for a week he stood before that Bodhi tree, gazing in gratitude and appreciation, and then set about to teach his students. Well, today, in very modern terms, it seems the tree of knowledge under which the teacher and students sit take on a slightly different experience and form. Today, 
So many people, perhaps you have heard this over and over as I have. Perhaps you have participated in such master classes. Master class. And these master classes with the master and the student, the teacher and the disciple. Rather than sitting beneath the tree, sitting before a television or a camera or a computer or a simple little phone. The technology and the media have changed, but the idea of the sharing of knowledge and wisdom will never fade. There is that eternal tradition to offer and share with the next generation, just as in the Guru Shishya Parampara, which has its ancient roots in the oral tradition, in the tradition of sharing wisdom unfolded within. So we think of all of these examples. And perhaps because of the timing that we offer this service in this way, so unusual it is for our church to have a recorded service in this format. And yet I can't help think of this time where we would traditionally close the church for the months of July and August for a summer recess. And if we think back to the origin of that tradition from Swami Premananda, who founded this church, and this was the time in which he would depart Washington to head to the West Coast to spend time with his guru. Swami Yogananda Paramahansa. So you see, this tradition, the idea, the example, each of those examples I described, we know that in imparting knowledge, it is not about sharing just information. But the Guru shares of the self, the idea of Mahatma Gandhi when he said, my life is my message. That even in the relationship and idea of guru and disciple, the message is the life. When we look to the symbol of the tree of self-knowledge, we look to the beautiful and bountiful offering of that giving, blessed tree. That without any desire, without attachment, the tree unfolds in life, giving of itself at every stage, from its shade and beauty to its fruit and shelter. Always giving, without expectation, without desire, but purely, selflessly, eternally. That is the tree of self-knowledge that we seek. Not just the tree that we sit beneath and watch the beautiful experience of life, that which unfolds within us at every stage of life. 
at this time, we offer together the eternal truths, these illuminations of inspiration, expressions from the scriptures of all humanity, including the Rig Veda and the Upanishads, the Old and New Testaments of the Bible, the Quran and the Avesta. Together, we offer these expressions of truth. I am an absolute monist. I believe truth is one. Men call it by various names. God, Brahman, is consciousness, existence, bliss, absolute. Everything is the manifestation of God, the divine reality. The soul of man is of identical nature of the God of the universe. Make thine own self pure by good thoughts, good words, good deeds. Realize thyself. By the realization of one's own self, the absolute self is realized. God is the light of the heavens and the earth. He who realizes God becomes one with God. I am that I am. I and my Father are one. I am Brahman, the absolute self. At this time, we will have a scripture reading offered by Monidep Day. A reading from the Srimad Bhagavad Gita. The Blessed Lord said, With its roots, the original source, established above in the Supreme Self, and its branches spreading below as creation stands the everlasting Ashvata, the symbolic tree of the ever-changing world. The hymns of the Vedas form its leaves. One who knows this is truly enlightened in the wisdom of the Vedas. The branches of this tree of creation spread below in the sensory world and also above in the supersensory planes. It is nourished by the gunas. The sense objects are its buds. The roots of objective desire and attachment dropping down from its ever-extending branches enter into the world, constantly causing the bonds of action. The real form of this tree of samsara, the ever-changing world, cannot be perceived here, neither its origin nor its end, nor its source of existence. Having cut down this firm-rooted ashvata tree by the mighty sword of non-attachment, one should seek after the highest goal, attaining which there is no compulsion to return to mortal life and consecrate oneself thus. I take refuge in that primeval being from whom streams forth the eternal power 
of cosmic manifestation. One who is free from pride and egotism and the great bondage of attachment, who is ever devoted to the realization of the self, in whom the thirst for the sensory world has completely ceased, and who is liberated from the pairs of opposites, such as pleasure and pain, attains to that eternal goal. That state of absolute perfection is not illumined by sun, nor moon, nor fire. The wise, having reached there, are not compelled to return. That is my supreme abode. Let us take the prayer book and turn to prayer number 105, which may be found on page 142. Slowly and reverently, together let us pray. Thou art wisdom. Thou dost dispel the darkness of ignorance and reveal thy splendor in our hearts. Thou art existence. When death threatens us, with dissolution, thy immortality assures us of everlasting life. Thou art bliss. When the unhappiness of duality clouds our lives with despondency, thou dost receive us in thy joy and fill our hearts with peace. Thou dost remove the veil that hides thee from us. Thou dost lift our vision to behold our absolute perfection, where hope sings in the fullness of joy, where life dances in the rhythm of eternity, where universal oneness reveals thy glory. Thou art the self. Amen. Please now join us for the hymn, Lead Kindly Light. Oh. 
Together, let us offer the prayer of devotion by Swami Yogananda Paramahansa, the guru preceptor of this church. Heavenly Father, may thy love shine forever on the sanctuary of my devotion, and may I be able to awaken thy love in all hearts. Om peace. Amen. The tree of life is a sacred symbol, which is rooted in the traditions of all faiths and all lands and all scriptures. We think perhaps of the tree of life in the Garden of Eden, or the tree of life in the Quran, compared to the good word is as a good tree, rooted firmly in the foundation of the earth, but with branches lifted into the skies above. The beautiful symbol of the tree, the symbol of the unfoldment of perfection, reveals the very ideal of the journey of the self for the infinite, from the seed that breaks from that hard and closed form, free and open to liberation is a tree. The same thing with the individual self when the heart and mind are made open and free to realize the perfection of the self, of the cosmic self. We have the beautiful symbol of the Bodhi tree, under which the Buddha achieved enlightenment. And that Bodhi tree itself, a banyan tree, which, if you've seen the banyan tree, with all of its branches reaching up, and yet also the roots above going down toward the earth. There is something of the duality of the nature of life represented by that banyan tree. For example, there is the nature of the soul to unfold and reveal itself, the liberation of the cosmic self. And yet, we still have that attachment to the sensory plane of consciousness, to our worldly life, just as the banyan tree with its branches reaching up and its roots going down to the earth. There is of course, another example of this beautiful Bodhi tree under which the Buddha attained enlightenment. It is also known as the Ashwatta tree. So perfectly identified and illustrated in the discourse of Krishna and Arjuna in the Bhagavad Gita, which we heard in that reading offered from this holy scripture. 
Krishna here, of course, as Guru to his Shishya, Arjuna. Identifying the branches and the roots of the Ashvata tree, which reverse from our usual connotation of the tree, that the roots of this cosmic Ashvata tree are rooted in the Supreme Self and the branches reaching down below into earthly manifestation. So we have the reverse of this tree. And the expression that comes to my mind again and again about this beautiful Ashvata tree, rooted in the Supreme Self above and reaching with its branches down into the earthly plane below, that the leaves of this tree, of this Ashvata tree, ah, that the hymns of the Vedas form its leaves. What a beautiful expression. The hymns of the Vedas form its leaves. If we think of the idea of the guru and the shisha sitting beneath the tree of self-knowledge. What would be today the computer before which we sit? What are the hymns of the keys? What do you think of that? Beautiful. Sitting beneath the tree, looking up, up at the leaves. The hymns of the Vedas. And we look and we see the light sparkling, shining through the branches of the tree. And all of life and manifestation shares its indwelling and inherently divine source. Wisdom and immortality are the fruits born of this tree, this tree of self-knowledge, of the Ashvata tree. But it is not only depicted and illustrated in the Bhagavad Gita. You will also find a reference to this cosmic tree of life in the Kata Upanishad. And here again, a discourse of guru and disciple, and this time between Yama and Natiketa. And Yama is instructing Natiketa in the realization of the real, of the self. And again, brings to our illumination and inspiration the ideal of the Ashvata tree as a universal symbol of Brahman. Once again, with the roots at the source above the Supreme Self, and the branches reaching down into the manifestation of that self. There is a simple but profoundly beautiful story about the banyan tree. This with a father and son, again, a guru and disciple relationship, in which Udilaka, the father, requests his son Seteketu, 
in the midst of the heat of the summer, when the fruit of the tree has ripened, to go and climb up into the tree to find a fruit and bring it back. Ketu responds to his father's request and rushes toward the banyan tree. And just as the roots of the banyan tree surround the branches just as ropes, he easily climbs up into the branches, up, moving up along the trunk and finds a small cluster of fruit, but only takes one piece of the fruit, hides it in his clothing, and climbs back down, sliding down the smooth bark. So Svetiketu goes to his father, Udalaka, who does not take the fruit, but instead asks his son to just squish that little fruit and to say what it is that he finds inside. So Svetiketu takes the fruit and he breaks it open and he spreads it around in his palm and he finds there are seeds. He says, Father, there are seeds inside. So then the father, Udilaka, says to Svetiketu, now take one of those seeds and try to break it open. Svetiketu uh, finds this a little more difficult, but he takes the seed and he breaks it between his fingernails. And then all he sees left is a little speck on his fingertip. So he looks at it with a bit of disappointment, and he said, well, Father, all I see is nothing. There's, there's nothing there. So Udalaka, his father, looks to him and then looks to the great, mighty banyan tree. And he said, ah. He said, that nothing is the real. He said, just think that what is inside that little seed is what produces this majestic tree. That real, that is Brahman. Unseen, invisible, but it is inside that seed and Svetiketu, that Brahman is inside you. That reality is in you. Now, the young boy is perhaps a little too young to understand fully what his father has just told him. And he's looking a little perplexed and puzzled. And the father said, now just understand that just as that seed unfolds, it has the knowledge of what it is to become. It fulfills its dharma in the unfoldment and self-perfection, the growth from that small seed, the mighty banyan tree. It is the same for the individual self. It will follow the path of self-perfection into the cosmic perfection of Brahman, of the self, of all. At every stage of growth of the plant, it is aware of its perfection, evolving. 
It is the same for the individual self, the soul, unfolding its divine qualities for the realization of the perfection of the cosmic self. But ever aware at every stage of unfoldment of its truth, that atmavidya, self-knowledge, that knowledge is true liberation. It is the realization of the self, the soul, that we seek. It is the ideal of moksha, self-liberation. It is the enlightenment that the Buddha attained under the Bodhi tree. And here we come full circle from the tiny seed within itself, invisible source of that reality, which unfolds with greater awareness of that divine potential and perfection to the mighty and majestic banyan tree under which we sit with the cosmic guru of us all. In these most unusual times and difficult circumstances, when we have not been able to be together in our temple for these last three months for our congregational worship, and now at this time when we begin our summer recess from these worship services, I want to share with you an invitation to enter more deeply into your own self-reflection and self-study. Perhaps even invite you to sit beneath the tree of self-knowledge. We will intend to resume our in-person worship services on the first Sunday in September. We will keep in touch with you about our plans, knowing that many of our fellow devotees will come and go throughout the summer to offer service and devotion in the care and love of the beautiful grounds of the Self-Revelation Church. And I offer to you my deepest appreciation for your love and support with care and thought and guiding prayers for your well-being, health, and self-unfoldment. I look forward to seeing each and every one of you in the coming weeks ahead and wish you much joy on the path of self-perfection. Amen. Will you all please fold your hands and place them at your hearts and with consciousness lifted to the supreme self of us all. Together, let us pray the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever. Amen. Grant us, O Lord, 
the realization of thy presence and perfection within us and all beings, now and forevermore. Amen.